Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've, we're closing out the week here, Nate, on a Friday with a pretty decent-sized slate after just four games there on Thursday. Speaking of Thursday, went uh, on the night six and four, up nearly half a unit once again. So we're running along with a pretty consistent pace there. Four and two on the play of props and Thursday bets went two and two. Also, we're correct on a play of prop that I had in the best bets. So we move along here to Friday slate. Continue to follow along with us like this video. Subscribe to the page uh, and check out everything we're bringing you. This is best bets. We've also got those play of props up in a separate video for you if you want to check that out. Also, want you to head to thelines.com, check out the written content we're putting up on the site, and use that odds finder tool I tell you about every morning, where you can make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this season. Nate, let's get into your first best bet here for Friday's slate. Yeah, I'm going to take the Blazers on a teaser here. So Blazers plus seven and a half with the under at 225. Um, and I mean, first of all, this is the NBA in-season tournament kickoff tonight, <clears throat> seven games on the slate. Not sure how that will impact things. Uh, but for a team like Portland that has nothing else to play for besides, you know, maybe having a competitive run in this little tournament thing, maybe that'll spark them. But I mean, the, the, the logic for this bet is more like, first of all, who is Memphis to be favored against anyone? The, the worst scoring margin in the NBA winless team. Um, yeah, I mean, fifth worst assist to turnover ratio because they're badly missing Tyus Jones without Ja. 26 in points in the paint, which is their identity. Um, and Portland, you know, coming off consecutive wins over, over Toronto, Detroit, not coincidentally because Scoot Henderson got hurt and he's out for this one. Um, so you get more Malcolm Brogdon, more stability. Like the under, Shaden Sharp's going to be playing with a thumb injury, which, which you know, hurts, hurts their scoring. But Portland... Not really an offense you want to you want to rely on. Um, I mean, without Amphrey Simons last season, who's out for over a month now, their their offensive rating dipped ten points per hundred possessions. They lost seven points per game without him. They're playing at the eighth slowest pace this season. They were at a ninety five pace and only scored ninety seven in their only home game to start the year. Defensively, they're they're tr- they're a try hard team though, right? Un- under Chauncey Billups, at least so far. Um, except yeah. for, you know, getting wrecked by Joel Embiid and the Clippers in their in the opener. They've been really good against below average offenses, I think you would say, in three other games. Defensively, they're 11th in, in defensive rating and 9th in, in points allowed. <clears throat> uh, and the Grizzlies' D right now, uh, not up to snuff. They're actually allowing the most three-pointers at, at a 43% clip, which is just unsustainable. Um, so I mean, Portland shooting only 29% from three right now. So I think this is where you see that regression start to come back home where Memphis is not giving up so many points after they got trucked in Utah. So that's why you've got to like the under here along with the fact that Memphis just can't score has a clunky offense going and, and Portland should be geared up at home for only their second home game as they kick off this tournament. I'll let you get some water there, pal. You made it. You made it. <laughs> Almost through the sickness. You're spot on, as you said, when when you let everyone know that you were coming down, you were getting over COVID anyway. The mind is still sharp, and I, and I would agree with this bet. Like, I was looking at a way to bet this game, and at the end of the day, I, I was just like, man, Portland, three points. 
you're the teaser king and the unders is also a great play in this one like portland is going to be a great fade when you want to take other teams player props and and points and overs in that sense because they're not going to play much defense with that backcourt you found a situation where you've got a memphis team that can't score they play they still do play defense they're always gonna be grit and grind and now you've got a malcolm brogdon getting increased minutes scoot henderson getting decreased minutes Yes, totally agree that that'll also slow the game down entirely and bring some more defense to the court. So I'm good with the way that, that you're playing this one. I would just consider the, the under in this game in general. I think we probably could see like a 106-101 kind of game that'll just be kind of gross because Memphis will just muck it up. That's the best thing that they can do right now with the way that, that this roster is currently constructed with as many guys that they have hurt. So I'm going to move on to the New York Knickerbockers, plus six and a half. Over the Milwaukee Bucks, well, you know, they don't got to win. They just got to cover in this one. And it's it's a good matchup in situation for them because they're trying to score from three-point, and they just can't so far. They've also played really good three-point defenses and defenses in general to start the season, including that Celtics team that is just freaking world beaters. Unbelievable. But in this one, they get a Bucks team that's still figuring it out, especially on defense. Even on offense, it's clunky, and they really just rely on two of the best offensive players in the NBA and in, in Dame and Giannis to take them to glory. So it's, it's scary to think about what would happen to this offense if it got rhythm uh, and any kind of like semblance of order and consistency. So we'll wait for that point. But until then, the, the lack of defense that they have, I think is going to help the Knicks really stay in this game. No matter what, they're going to keep shooting threes in Milwaukee, especially without drew now gone, say what you want, even without Grayson Allen playing wing defense for them, they're much thinner in that on that part of the court and trying to defend that area of the court. And the Knicks are going to keep chucking those threes. Uh, Randall and Brunson are going to keep trying to penetrate and kick out to different guys like Grimes and quickly, et cetera, to be able to hit those shots. And they just need to start hitting them, including Brunson and Randall, to be honest, even though uh, Randall not shooting nearly as many threes as he was last season. Uh, Milwaukee's got the second defense worst defensive rating so far. They, this is, that's not Milwaukee basketball. As we well know, they are allowing the fourth most threes and the third highest three point percentage. And we, we often talk about how Coach Bud's strategy was allow the right players to shoot threes. And I don't even think they have that kind of order and direction going for them right now on defense to be able to really control that. I think the Knicks, with their team chemistry at this point, the same squad for the last two to three years at this point, they're going to know a lot more about each other, right? And the ability to find spots in this defense, I think. So the, the, the defensive rating for the Knicks, second best. They're playing at basically the slowest pace in the league which is fine for them and something that I think that they can take will help them, you know, keep, keep things a little bit closer than, than seven points. It's down to five and a half for, for legitimate juice at this point. You've got to eat it. If you want to take six and a half for them, it's like minus minus one forty. Uh, I, I, if you want to get it to five and a half, I'm still okay with that. I want to make sure it's above five to be honest, but either way, like I think that the Knicks are a good team to cover in this situation. Also really covered at home, by the way, against the spread a lot last year. So. <clears throat> Yeah, I think they covered in, in each meeting against the Bucks early in the season, but weren't able to win. And that was a completely right. different Bucks team. Yeah, I, I I mean, I said Memphis, who are they to be favored? I, I mean, who are the Bucks to be favored right now against a legitimate Eastern Conference team? They they look like utter garbage. Like I said this, like if, if other than like having two superstar caliber players, they have nothing going for them. Um so I actually put the Knicks to be to full disclosure in my teaser with the under with that previous game in Portland. Because uh, I do trust them to cover nine points more than I trust Portland to cover, and I and I do still like the under in that game. But yeah, Knicks could easily win this game, let alone cover nine ten points. <clears throat> 
So let's go with the same game parlay here and keep it conservative. We almost hit this one yesterday. Basically, Maxi 18 points instead of 20 would have gotten us a nice 3-1 to hit. But another conservative one here is Vucevic double-double, Ben Simmons 8 rebounds in that game, and then the Joker to go 20-10. And that gets you uh, almost 2-1 to on your money. You could go a little more aggressive with Vucevic 15 points, and then you're you're over that mark as well. I mean, the reasoning, first of all, Simmons and, and Jokic both have double-digit rebounds every game this season. And Simmons should continue to play that kind of point-center role for Brooklyn with Nick Claxton out. Cam Johnson's also out. <clears throat> Dinwiddie's questionable, so they need that point presence there. Yeah, Vooch has come alive after his slow start. Averaged 22.5 points and 18.5 rebounds in his last two <coughs> against Dallas and Indy. And the Joker's now playing Dallas, a team that doesn't have much of a presence in the middle that he should be able to control the action against at home, where he averaged 13 boards per game last season versus 10.5 on the road. Mavs are allowing the fourth most points to centers and 16 rebounds per game to the position. Nets are giving up the most points per game to centers on the season right now because they don't have Claxton. They don't even really play a center at the moment. Vooch, you know, despite his slow start, is is averaging a career high or posting a career high 33% defensive rebounding rate, getting a third of available rebounds, had 20 of 43 team rebounds against Dallas. (coughs) And, uh, you know, Simmons, 15 and a half rebounds per 100 possessions. He is boarding up. Not necessarily looking to score, but he's been a vital part of Brooklyn. That that game also kind of leans under at 222. It's some really clunky offenses that we saw Brooklyn kind of get exposed against Miami when in their last game. That Chicago's defense has been really good, and they were able to slow it down with Dallas, which is stunning. Dallas has not gone over against under against anyone. Uh, which is all just to say, like I think more rebounding opportunities in that game, and those are the two best rebounders in it. We, man, I, I we tried to hash it out, and I went the wrong direction with that Dallas Chicago game, uh, taking da- the Chicago to cover by five and a half with Kyrie not playing, and then it went under the the two twenty whatever. Either way, yeah, this is another ripe under. Like, let's stop trying to think that teams are gonna out Chicago. Chicago, they're gonna just be like, look, man, we could be down fourteen points in the third quarter. We're not increasing this ninety five pace. So, like, do what you will with it. We're gonna still grind you to death. Uh, with the way that we play offense right now, which is mostly top of the key. What do you want to do with it between DeMar and uh, obviously Zach Levine with a little bit of movement on the wing, I suppose, but not much else, especially with Vooch, um, you know, playing the way that he does really the high elbow mostly. Either way, in, in this one, yeah, it's not a game I'm definitely going to be watching. I, I don't know what, like, there's so many guys out for the Nets in this one as well um, that I, I do think, like, it's probably a good place for Chicago, just throwing that off bat. But it's such a weird, like, middle of the road, uh, two teams that are in the middle of the road in the Eastern Conference. I just don't just don't love it uh, either way. But I'm going to finish up with a game that should be more exciting, even though Shea Gilgis, Al- Shai Gilgis Alexander is not in it. And that is Steph Curry and the Warriors in a little same game parlay where the Warriors win on the money line and Steph Curry scores more than 28 points in this game. Something he should be able to do uh, relative to last year, he scored 37 points per game against this team in the three that he played against them. This is kind of one of those where your daddy scenarios, similar to the Sacramento Kings who have lost their first two games to the Warriors already this season. 
the, the Warriors have won seven of the last eight against this team. Shy playing, shy not playing, doesn't really matter. One of the most telling signs of like a we own you scenario that I saw last season was the Warriors could not win on the road. Historically bad on the road, as we all know. Finally got to double-digit wins on the road last year for a team that won more, you know, just an insane amount of games at home to get themselves into the playoffs. Either way, in, in when they went to, to Oklahoma City in the midst of an awful road trip and and you know streak of games where they were just losing, they still won by eight points on the strength of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson doing what they do to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is just stabbing them in the heart uh, at every opportunity. I, I do you know want to say lastly, like CP3 coming to this team is has been a really good acquisition, and it was one of the things I said in our um, uh, season preview videos where we were talking about futures was. I understand that Chris Paul seems like he's not a good fit for a team that's already old, but this is what they wanted was someone who came in and was the complete opposite of Jordan Poole from the standpoint of, we want you to come in and control the second unit, but actually control it. We don't want you to just come out and try to get stats and like show off how good you're going to be in this league. We need you to like command that unit, like a, like a leader couldn't do that. Chris Paul can do that. And like I was always saying about CB three, he fits within every offense that he plays in no matter what, Uh, That second unit right now has a net rating of plus 17. That is not something that you could have said last season. And that's crucial against this this Thunder team that's going to be missing Shy. And basically the same record last year with and without Shy Gilgis because they do have guys that can step in. Uh, They're very deep, as we know. Guys like Jalen Williams, when they increase their usage, which I'll talk about in player props, it's very noticeable and they're still very efficient. So I think they'll, they'll be fine in that scenario of like being able to score to a degree, but not with this Warriors team where Steph is... You know, he's, he's lifted them up in, in two games where he scored above 30 this season. He scored 27 twice as well when needed. I think it'll be close enough that he's still scoring in the fourth quarter and there's not really as much of a blowout scenario. But I think this is a game where he just is like, I'm going to remind you that I'm your daddy and, and score around 30. Yeah, and he has to carry this offense right now um, because, yeah, there's just there's not a lot coming from from Clay and, and, and CP not being the same kind of scorer. I mean, he's a facilitator, like you're saying. But, yeah, it's it's got to be Steph scoring 30-plus for them to get this road win. OKC is still going to be tough, even without SGA. Uh, and we saw Steph bounce back from quiet games to drop 40 twice this season. He, he had a quiet game against Sacramento with seven turnovers, low-scoring game. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, bounce-back spot for Steph. Nate, let's run right into your first NBA player prop for the day. Yeah, and we should mention it's the first night of the in-season tournament um, and that me and Josh both sprinkled a little bit on Celtics to win that tournament, it's nine to one still. Um, you know, a little bit lower on some books since they clearly look like the best team right now. So you might as well go Tatum thirteen to one to win the MVP of this in season tournament. You know, Tatum a monster in knockout f- formats, except for the finals. Maybe the Celtics treat this as you know, sort of a warm up for getting ready for the actual postseason, and 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 you know, he tries to like take over in this new format, but. What I'm looking at here yeah, for the I mean, first well, pick, they, they have to. Uh, I was just going to say, in order to uh, accurately simulate this, they're going to need Porzingis to maybe not be super healthy either. You know, look, man, injury prone, injury schmone. It's a, you're only injury prone until you actually stay upright and have something to play for, and you're not on some defunct franchise with Jimmy Dolan as the owner. Don't get me started okay. on that. Um, All right. All right, getting into the picks for tonight, November 3rd. Jeremy Grant under 20 and a half points. 
is about even money and under one and a half threes is plus 135 so i was interested in that put a little bit down right away because that just seems like i i mean pretty likely i i know he takes quite a few threes but he's shooting uh what 23 percent from in in his last four meetings against memphis from three shooting 24 percent on the season um from three so i i with Jaron Jackson Jr. probably lining up against him, defensive player of the year favorite. Um, you know, Xavier Tillman, et cetera, should be on Aiton, right? So you got a true power forward matchup across the way. Memphis was was 12th in terms of limiting power forwards last season. Probably would be better if Triple J was the primary defender on that guy. Um, and, you know, Jeremy in his career, just 12 points per game against Memphis. Sure, some of that was when he was still a low usage player. Since uh, 2019, he's averaging 16 against them on a 22% usage rate. Averaged just under two threes per game. Um, but that's skewed because he went six for nine in one game with Denver in back in 2019. And since then, like I'm saying, 23% against Memphis, his last four, hitting just six threes in four games. Points-wise, I mean, he averaged 15 points per game his first three this season. Now his number's up a little bit because he was able to drop 23 against Toronto and Detroit. Uh, but yeah, he has is, is not been playing particularly well in this iteration of the Blazers. <clears throat> um, he, he doesn't really want to play the four, I don't think. I think he wants to be more of a three, use that size, mis- that, that quickness mismatch. And he's playing a guy who's quick and long in in Triple J. And, and you know, the Grizzlies can also bring big body Roddy off the bench to uh, knock him around a little bit. So I just don't think it's going to be an easy time for Jeremy Grant, and I like the under for this game in general. You know how to grab my attention when you talk about big body Roddy. Now more with disappointment, to be honest. I thought he was going to be better. But at any rate, I, I would agree with an under for Jeremy Grant right now In when you throw the the points out there like that in a game where we're both like, you know, this is going to be way closer to 100 than it is to 120 for both of these teams uh, in, in either scoring, you know, in either part of the box score. Like neither of these teams are going to get to into the like one tens in my opinion, to be honest. So I think it's a, a good under like you spoke about in the best bets. And as a result, 20 and a half points for Jeremy Grant, a situation that, yeah, you, you laid it out perfectly for how it'll probably play out. Even if Steven Adams was in there might be a little bit helpful, but Jeremy Grant's not really trying to uh, get down there and bang too often anyway. So I would, uh, I would ride with you on this one. Speaking of banging though, I am going to take Mitch Rob and my guy, the center for the New York Knicks here. Over eight and a half boards, you can still grab it. Minus 135 on DraftKings. you got to eat the juice on it. it. It opened up a little bit closer to even money, but still a full unit on him to go over eight boards, which he did twice last season, the three matchups between these teams. He got 20 in one of them, nine in another, eight in the third. So I, I think this is still adequately valued for us to take an over on his eight and a half boards. Once you get into the double digits, it's like maybe it's a little bit more of a toss-up. The, obviously, you're talking about a couple big bodies down low that can bang with Mitch Rob between he and, and Giannis. But this season, the Bucks are 24th in rebound percentage overall. Mitch Rob, we we know what he's been doing on a tear. Uh, and the eight and a half boards has been a nice over for him this season for the most part uh, in, in each of these games. So I think there's something, the idea of minutes, it's really what it comes down to. The, the In one of the games last year versus the Bucks, he had five personal fouls, really couldn't stay in the game very much more than the 22 minutes that he played, not that they wouldn't have wanted him out there. Uh, This is a situation where I spoke about the Knicks in the best bets video 
laying out why, you know, we both actually really like them to be able to cover a, a large a spread that's too large and predicated on the idea of Bucks very good and Knicks like mediocre. I think that that perception is is really permeating this entire line that they have at six and a half. And, and when you when you can get it, still five and a half in a lot of places as well, depending on how much juice you want to eat. I, I'm happy with the six and a half. It feels like just such a wrong number at, at for, for the Bucks to have to win by seven. And I think Mitchell Robinson keeping this team off of the offensive boards is going to be a big part of that. Uh, Burke Lopez can try to pull him out, has not been as consistent from three this season and honestly hasn't been able to stay on the court quite as much. And you throw Ro- Robin Lopez in there as well, and Bobby Porter is probably a little too small for Mitch Robin. Then, like I said, even Robin Lopez, who is almost as big as his brother, Brooke, just not quite there either uh, and has waned even more so than Brooke has at this point. So they're still figuring things out. There's going to be some some shot opportunities. I think Memphis or Milwaukee is going to continue to play fast uh, in the top 10 in pace. They're going to continue to chuck up a lot of shots and, and give him a lot of opportunities to eat. So as long as he stays out of foul trouble, which I, I don't think will be a problem, he, for the most part, he did that last season except for one game, then I, I think he's good for the nine boards here. Yeah, I think it's a good bet mostly because of game state uh, because the Knicks, yeah, they've gone under in four or five games here except for that ridiculous one against Atlanta. They've There have been like 50 rebounding opportunities for them in their last three. And, and I mean, he is obviously the biggest body on the floor for them. With Thibodeau calling that defense, there should be rebounding opportunities and he'll, he'll gobble them up. So I think we're both looking at OKC uh, for some props, trying to fill the void with SGA out. I'm going to take Lou Dort, seven rebounds and assists. Again, trying to grab the plus money here. 13 and a half points is also favorable, but I just don't know if he's out there to create shots. You know, it's sort of dependent on, on yeah, whether whether they're Giddy and Jalen Williams are going to play make and find him. So I'm not really trying to lean on that as much. I'm just going to try to bank on him playing like 35 minutes, um, guarding the Warriors wings like he has which has led to him scoring 17 points per game his last six versus them. Um, and without SGA, the last 20 games for him, 19.5 points per game, just 4.5 rebounds, 15-plus um, points at home in 12, 12 of the 13 home games there, 15-plus points. So, I mean, the points are, are – I think you can split your unit between these two however you want. I feel just like a little better with the plus money on the rebounds. Dort has been boarding up – a little more this year. The Warriors will play small lineups, force him to get be the bigger guy down there, right? Be a big three or uh, even a four, perhaps, at times, if you want to consider him interchangeable. I mean, he was guarding Zion the other night. Like, he might be out there matching up with Draymond if that's how they want to play it. Um, uh, and then, you know, Draymond will drift off him and give him opportunities to score. So it should be a good game state. I mean, OKC 121 a game at home last year versus 114 on the road. And it's a stars out, maybe bets up situation. Well, I mean, I'm I'm staying away from it because the Warriors have been like boom bust. I mean, mostly boom this year uh, in terms of Steph just like cooking. But I I mean, OKC plus six at home with without their best player. Sure. But they still have plenty of weapons. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, Ludor is going to play. He's probably chasing Steph around to be honest. I know he can switch on and off, but like he, he's he's on the court for these games. 36 minutes in each of the two games that he played against the Dubs last season. And he's always out there because you know why. He needs to put Steph in the Dorcher chamber, which is your moniker, which I can't believe you didn't come up with because it's brilliant. Uh, but I love it. 
and I'm going to keep using it. And, and it's it's relevant here because, like I said, he needs to be on the floor for defense. And that has led to him getting the usage in those games where he scored what uh, an average of now 17 and a half like in, in last year versus them, like you mentioned. So this is going to be another really solid opportunity with that usage going up for him. And my buddy, Jalen Williams, who is my second play a prop pick here. Jay will over 19 and a half. Is he J dub or J will? I'm going to get someone in the comments. Please let me know. I, they, they corrected me last time and I said it wrong. I think he might be J dub either way. He's uh Jalen Williams without the Y over 19 and a half points. You can also take the points and assists because he dimes up. You know, you mentioned Lou Dort assists not being really appetizing because that's not what he's out there to do. And I fully agree. But Jalen Williams does take on that role. And I think there's it's interesting because Giddy doesn't change his stats with or without Shy Gilgis Alexander in the lineup. And Nate and I are, are I feel like are always looking for that in player props. It's one of our, our favorite ways to find value is oh, starter is out backup is very good and that person's stats rise way above what his prop has has remained at despite the fact that the starter's not in there and and josh giddy the, the fact that the thunder are pretty much even in terms of record last season with or without their best player on offense is because of the fact that they have a guy they have two guys in the sense of jay will and to a degree lou dort who come in and kind of do what shy does who's as good of a passer as he can be isn't looking to pass he's looking to get his shot or have cutters come to the basket off of him like the very tall point guard and josh giddy all of this is to say Jalen Williams is going to be primarily that guy in this game in terms of, okay, it's your ball to go into the paint and, and create and do what you will from there. Kick it out to guys like Lou Dort and Josh Giddy, who keeps getting better from three or lob it up to other Jay Will, who I think is actually out tonight, but plenty of other bigs like Chet out there now as well. So um, w- without shy last season, you know, he went up to 21 points a game and he was averaging 15 and a half without when Shy's in there. That's in a 15 game sample size. That's a very good sample size to go, right. Oh, okay. You're right. You're just the, in, you, you insert J will into score and bruiser, uh, get to the basket, get to the free throw line and assist. He goes up from two and a half assists a game with, with shy in the lineup to six, 5.8 without shy in there. So it's like the, the points and assists are still good for me too. This is going to be another game where he's needed to play defense. He's needed to be the primary scorer last year. These two teams, when they played average a ton of points, nearly 240. Uh, every time that they play, actually more than that, I'm sorry. Yeah, they average more than 240. They average nearly 260. It was like 250 almost. So uh, this was a crazy matchup uh, consistently last season. And even for the last two seasons, it's consistently 120-something to 120-something. So I'm very comfortable with with stats and overs in this one for a bunch of guys. Yeah, the books seem to be wise to this trend. Uh, I was gonna, I was opening this, seeing like, oh, he's still gonna be like sixteen and a half, right? And and where I'm gonna, I'm gonna be all over that pick, but no, he is at twenty where he's expected to be without SGA. Still, yeah, if you think the Thunder are gonna cover, um, yeah, they're gonna need twenty points from from J Dub. Uh, so I I would probably parlay that together if you're gonna take Thunder plus six in some way with with some player performance doubles, basically with Jalen maybe with Chet Holmgren to have, have some success. He's only at 14 and a half points um, and has yep. been a pretty good offensive yep. weapon for them. Yeah. I like, I like the Chet pick as well. I was looking at that. And so I, I'm going to ride, ride on that one, I think uh, in a little bit, but I was just looking at these other ones to make sure we got them in for the video to be fully honest with you. Um, but yeah, just for those out there, you know, follow along on Twitter. Cause that's where we're also talking about stuff throughout the day after we record these videos for you. So that is all the time we have in the play of props one. Continue to follow along. Also check out the best bets. We are continuing to make money out here uh, this year so far in the early NBA season. And have a great weekend. Best of luck. And until we talk to you next, happy betting.